I didn't fall victim to the scam, but I believed it just until the moment they started to ask me for things that I'm like, okay, you, this is a scam. <laughs> but yeah, like there was a moment where I thought I was going to be making like upper middle income, upper middle class money. And I was like, fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Drop that class solidarity like it's hot. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> damn. Oh, that's how this works. <laughs> that's how capitalism works. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Welcome to What's My Thesis. I'm your host, Javier Proenza, and today my guest is Trent Christensen. How you doing, man? Doing good. You are currently showing at our open call show at uh, at Monta Vista Projects. Congratulations. Yeah. Happy to be included. Yeah. 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 Really I mean, cool I didn't, I, I didn't, uh, like, that was somebody else's uh, job, but I was very glad when you got in because I'm familiar with your work. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. So, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Yeah. So, I grew up in Colorado. In a mm -hmm. small town called Canyon City. It's like south of Colorado Springs by 30, 45 minutes. But were you like a granola kid? No, where where I grew up is kind of like more like cowboy country a little bit. So there's more like, like we had a pretty big rodeo and uh, like our two claims to fame are like, we have a huge suspension bridge. It's kind of like a tourist attraction that's called the Royal Gorge bridge and people will come out there for that and like do rafting underneath it on the oh, river. Cool. And then other people know us because there's like a huge penal system there. Like there's like 13 prisons in the County that I grew up in. So wow. a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of adults that stick around there end up working in there mm -hmm. in the penal system in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Yeah. So you're in a town of corrections officers is that's what that's pretty what much yeah me. it's like definitely a, a dark energy of like a there's like a cloud that very much hangs over the space and it's like a the, sub subtext of punishment for sure and like there's kind of like a company like or like the corrections officers like have like a common phrase where they're like just putting in my time eight hours at a time kind of like wow. like they're like they feel, feel like, like they're prisons. in prison yeah totally <laughs> so you know there's like a lot of alcoholism and yeah, like stark stuff that happens just I mean, but as that a can... result of you know i think it's it's hard yeah, yeah to be in that position no i mean that is definitely a difficult job and like i, I it's hard to separate the person from the, the, the institution, institution. Totally. absolutely uh but it, it, to some degree they're also victims but like not really <laughs> they're also like very much perpetrators if they're assholes too yeah like they can, i mean they if, have a lot of power if they want to flex it and those studies like of uh of just like college kids where they get to play <laughs> in prison you know it's like so, it's not humanity's shining point yeah so <laughs> you as an individual corrections officer that is watching the show we love you <laughs> but in general exactly yeah. Yeah, I mean, it must be hard, like, uh, with the 13th Amendment. Like, if you are actually, I wonder how many cops and whatnot are actually fully aware and don't have illusions about what policing is, especially in this country, you know? Yeah. I mean, this I mean, does not have to be our topic. It's, like, <laughs> one of those things that's, like, I think we we aren't able to hold all of that and actually do the thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, there's a very, like real defense mechanism that i think like yeah. happens in your psychology where you're like i'm just not gonna think about that well cool for the eight hours yeah and then you are also into like pretty into biking yeah so cycling like riding bicycles has been like a pretty consistent thing for me 
kind of i mean i grew up riding them and like kind of like got around town riding like bmx bikes and stuff mm -hmm. growing up but since moving to la i initially moved here without a car mm -hmm. uh and so cycling was kind of like how i got around and wow. so it's a uh, yeah i've been riding in la and other places pretty much since then so it's been a cool but you're part of like one of those cycling gangs that we see riding around the street yeah, i mean i've you ridden with guns. those a lot <laughs> No, wait, well, that's funny. motorcycle gangs. It's <laughs> funny because, like, every once in a while I'll forget that, like, the general population does not refer to bicyclists as, like, bikers. Yeah, and yeah. so I'll be like, oh, yeah, like, I bike. And people are like, oh, yeah, like, you're <laughs> <in> Hell's <laughs> Angels. I'm like, no. It's a very different scene. Uh, but, yeah, I ride with those people sometimes. It's cool to, like, I think the power or, like, the, the interesting thing when you're, like, are in a big group is it's, like, the one time when you're riding on the streets where you actually feel safe yeah, because yeah. there's so many people and like you can block off like a full lane where when you're riding by yourself it's just like you're kind of always like a little bit on edge where it's like yeah, oh yeah. man you run into someone who's like a bit of an aggressive driver and it just feels a little uh real but but like i mean you must have been fit, dude, when you first got out here. If you were like riding your bike everywhere, it's not. It's it. There's hills. <laughs> yeah, I mean, cyclists are funny because like we like like the hills. Like yeah, it's yeah. like the punishment is our. Like, is the reward? Oh, okay. No, it's not the reward. <laughs> but like, there's something about like putting yourself through a painful thing that you like get to the end of, and you're like, oh, I feel better after that. But like during it sucked. Yeah. Um, so cyclists have like, we're all kind of like. I lovingly describe it as like we're kind of all broken in a, a funny way where it's like, oh yeah, that pain felt great. But yeah, like yeah. during it, I was like hating it. It's like tattoos. A little yeah, bit. Yeah. yeah. Like where people like are really proud of how much pain they can endure. And I'm like, I'm a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> no tats. Don't hurt me. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool, man. So then uh, what brought you out to LA? Uh, initially, I was like, just kind of taking a break from college and I didn't really know what to do. What were you studying? I was just doing like the general education and I like, to be honest, it was kind of like that pivot of like, do I study art or like, do I kind of like do a different degree? And so mm -hmm. I was taking some time off and my older brother lived out here. And so he was like, come, come hang out in LA. And I had kind of been in Colorado for the first 19 years of my life. So I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Like, oh, so you've been out here a while then? Yeah, I've, I've been out here essentially since then. I had a year where I lived in Europe uh, teaching English. Where at? Uh, in Madrid. Oh, cool. Um, and that was, yeah, that was cool. Like, really nice to get out of LA for a little bit and kind of like, I've always kind of toyed around with living abroad, but it was, uh, when I came back, it was also like, oh, I really like LA still. Yeah. It's such a weird feeling to like LA because it it's is. like you know there's you know you're wrong but it's you still feel <laughs> like yeah. it's not a great it's not for everyone it's like an acquired taste in that like I don't know I I think in the same way that like I'm kind of like laughingly describe myself as like broken because I like the pain of riding up a hill it's kind of like a city that's an uphill battle a little bit yeah. where like it's you know it's it's I mean, not easy to love it but when you do love it like I don't know. It's something magical about it. 
It is the only mega city that I'm familiar with or that I've been to. I know that like Mexico is supposed to be the biggest city in the world. So I definitely want to go check that out. But Mexico the, City? Yeah, Mexico yeah. City. But man, like there's something about like when you stand up on a hill and you can see all the different downtowns. It totally reminds me of uh, Judge Dredd. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, we're, we're, we're doing it. <laughs> but yeah, it is such a weird, crazy place. It's almost as weird as Las Vegas, you know, like that someone decided to put a town here where there's no water. Totally. You know, but cool, man. Well then, all right. So then uh, Art Origins or Art Origin Story. Where did you, where did you start getting into art making? When did you like realize, obviously yeah. by, by 19 you had already started because you were deciding whether you wanted to study art. Yeah, so I had kind of always, yeah, been interested in making stuff, but I like, it wasn't really something that I saw as like a possibility or was exposed to that much until I would say, like in high school, I, had some really cool art teachers that were just kind of like uh that just kind of like let us do our thing a little bit and like i think they saw it was like kind of in that era of almost like dazed and confused art teacher where they're like like you know half the kids in the class are like there to just like totally fuck around and then there's like some people who are like oh i like making stuff and i'm like interested in it learning more about this and so they kind of like really zeroed in on those students and mm. really like let us not like craft our own class or anything, but there was like certain times when they would like let me come in during lunch and just like work on a ceramics project. And like mm. they just saw that there was a few of us that were like into it and kind of made space for that. So I definitely owe a lot to those teachers and just like kind of, uh, I guess just like making it, seem like like a legitimate possibility and that mm. like there was like something there to explore so they did you a disservice <laughs> exactly <laughs> pulled the wool right over my eyes <laughs> no yeah yeah i i actually had a teacher in college that i keep remembering that i told her like around the time where i started to decide that i wanted to be an artist and she goes don't <laughs> That's really she was funny. like so miserable as an artist, <laughs> and I was like, uh, and then I, as a cocky kid, I was like, "Well, your art's not good." You know? <laughs> yeah, it's so then, funny. I know people try to tell me that type of stuff too, but I think I just, you know, yeah, like just wasn't really paying attention to what they were saying. But you, I mean, you are going into. So do you have a, a BFA or? Uh... Yeah, I got a BFA okay, so in then, right. 2012. So I like lived out here for a bit and then I ended up finishing school and I went inland from here at uh, Azusa Pacific University. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I got my BFA. Program? It was like, it's it's always like a bit of a caveat because it's a religious school. Oh, okay. Um, so I like, I think like as an institution, they like definitely are like way more conservative and pretty problematic in certain ways. But what's cool is like the art department was like all the people who really were like the freaks and geeks of that kind of like scene. So it was a really accepting environment and like a lot of my professors were really cool. So I think are, that do you, are Do you have a, a religious upbringing or? Yeah, my parents are religious. Like what? 
they like evangelical Christians. Evangelical. Yeah, okay. yeah. So you, you you almost didn't want to disclose that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like a whole could... wormhole, right? Yeah. Like when whenever we bring up religion, it can be like a mixed bag. But you know, but it's... are they like? Are, did you grow up going to like big churches and stuff? Our church wasn't like super big. It's like a couple hundred people, but it was okay. a pretty so like central not... role in like how I grew up. Like that was definitely like we were at church every Sunday for sure. And, that was better yeah. than every day. Which oh, some totally, <laughs> totally, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like, yeah, I think for growing up religious, it was fairly mild. Like, they weren't, like, zealots or anything. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. and, like, you know, we got to do, like, we weren't living in this, like, dark ages or, like, anything, yeah. like, super wild, but. Yeah, there is parts where, you know. Well, I'm glad anything. you got a chance to clarify because I think when people think of evangelical, it immediately goes to somewhere, you know, like Trump supporter. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I know? think like our our church, like it was like a very much a like, like they're kind of like Christ-centered, want to be like helping people. But then there's also like the other side of it where it's like, you know, they were super pro bush and pro war and like kind of other aspects whereas like a young person it was kind of a little like wait what's going on like (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. i'm from florida so i feel you yeah (laughs) (laughs) like what (laughs) yeah that's cool all right so then did you have something that you wanted to talk about today specifically yeah i mean i guess for me like nerding out on stuff i'm like not the best like art nerd but i think oh i'm not an art nerd. yeah it's like for me it was kind of like gonna talk a little bit about like outsider art and like some other exposure to that stuff that was kind of like kind of at least felt to me like maybe a a seed of something that we could explore and yeah then, for sure uh, so i'm actually I've, I've had it explained to me before what outsider art technically is i thought it would i actually thought it was just a term for anybody that's like an amateur but that's it's like a specific genre of art right yeah, I mean, I think there's like different terms that people use, but I think for my concept of like what outsider art is, like it's generally someone like you said who is like kind of like maybe outside of the mainstream or outside of like like a New York or LA or like a gallery kind of scene and are kind of operating in their own like nebulous or like kind of self-taught usually mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of times it has like to do with people who at least historically are like people who have maybe had like a mental break and like like a have... Daniel Johnson. Yeah, I think Daniel Johnson's like a really good archetype for like outsider musician. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that was something that kind of I got exposed to. And to me, as like a young person, it kind of like and still to this day, like uh it's kind of like a raw expression that i really like mm-hmm. feel attracted to and is like very something that like um yeah kind of speaks to me would you say that you're that like it's it's an influence that shows up in the work uh i think whether unconsciously or consciously yeah okay. it's something that i'm like considering or like for me when i'm like kind of circling back what to focus on like there's something about like drawings that like 
But, People, uh, we're outside, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the opportune weed weed whacker time. It's like that, that uh, one weed is like yeah. he's trying to hit that one spot. He's like, zzz, zzz. why won't you die? <laughs> it takes me back to lawn mowing and weed whacking in my young adulthood. Oh, really? Do you have, did you have a business? No, my uh, dad had some rental property, so we were kind of like all of the sons were the like de facto. I'm sure gardeners. you were older than sixteen, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, then, so like, what are, what are some examples? Because I'm actually not very well versed in in it, but I like because the I, when you say outsider art, the main people that come up to me are like Daniel Johnston, and then who's the guy um, that used to was on Howard Stern all the time, and like used to. Uh, throw pepsi commercials at the end of his songs oh uh um, is it wesley something like that. willis wesley willis yeah yeah, yeah something yeah. like that man totally. i was so like the what i was picturing in my head was so different <laughs> yeah 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 um those are definitely good examples but like i just and, like just musician familiar, yeah. like i'm just not familiar origins. With, with the uh, visual art side of it totally i think for for me like the what was fun to kind of think about is like okay this is something i'm into like what was an early exposure of that in my life uh and i kind of thought like some of them are also like um people who like build crazy stuff so i think in la obviously like watts towers is a really good example of like oh, a, okay an outsider art that's like like a kind of monumental like stature and like mm -hmm. obviously more like architectural or building-esque but definitely very like artistic as well who do you know this guy named simon rodia okay and he's super yeah he's like kind of an enigma in that like he kind of just like dipped after a while like he like finished the project and then i think moved to northern california and like never did anything again or uh, i don't think he like made like i don't think he made anything that big, that and big. It, i think he kind of fell off the radar was kind of what my understanding of his was but um but there what kind of was an early exposure for me is like in this area in colorado that's kind of like a it's kind of like a national forest area there's a guy who has some property and he built this like really big castle mm -hmm. it's called bishop's castle and his name's jim bishop but we would go there as kids and it was like this like really magical space and like super unsafe like the the stairwell is like climbing up a ladder and then there's like all this weld work on the top that like you like move and the whole thing just like shakes and so it was like yeah but there but then there's like a, a kind of like central area that's like this like amazing super Bro, beautiful. it was so quiet when we started <laughs> yeah i'm just kind of wild I'm, I'm gonna keep apologizing for that yeah anyway, totally. um <laughs> there but the the center of it's like an amazing like you like kind of have to climb up a hundred feet or so into the the like heart of the castle and it's like a beautiful like kind of central space that people have like banquets and get married inside of and oh, like wow. it's like super ornate but he like built it primarily by himself and with like no permits and just kind of was like going i think like it was like one of those things where like he like god told him to do it and he just like kind of like kept on building it and like didn't have didn't have like a schematic of like this is what's going to happen next he just kept like kind of adding to it 
It reminds me a little bit. Of, have you heard of the Winchester House? I th- That's the the like heiress to the like. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So maybe you know a little bit more about the details. But as I correct me if I'm wrong, but as I remember it, like she had a tremendous guilt for like what her family had like. I believe that on people. <laughs> I think that's like the, the, to the narrative, yeah, totally. Yeah. And like, and then she just kept building like what is, to the to the house and their rooms that like their doors that open out into like nothingness. Yeah, you know, what like, I had heard it was a, it was kind of like uh, almost like booby traps to like like throw the ghosts off oh, because she was like she was like being haunted. She was like either being haunted or like it's almost certainly going to happen like my bets are that like my ass is going to get haunted for sure <laughs> so like let me kind of throw these entities off by like making obs- like rooms that like where a stair goes like right in- stair set goes right into a wall and yeah, has yeah, no yeah, door yeah. kind of yeah booby traps I'd, yeah i mean my my head it sometimes gets so full of uh of all these like um supernatural kind of things that <laughs> supernatural narratives that they bleed together would you consider that like uh, do do people have to to be an outsider artist do you have to declare what you make art that's a good question i think um it seems like a pretty wide thing and i think like there there are like cases of people who are making artwork and it's just like maybe more of a compulsion mm-hmm. where they're like they're just making stuff and i mean but that is art making. yeah absolutely absolutely i mean that's why i identify with it i would say yeah. <laughs> like, like uh i had a funny conversation with someone who uh we were talking about how making can have that and it's like man i think i would stop if i could like yeah. it probably logistically makes more sense but no the whole scene is full of crazy people like us that just don't know why they can't stop doing it like it's it is it's almost like it's in defiance of capitalism that we do it you know like i mean we would be happy to sell stuff but it's like it's not it's not it's the least pragmatic way to get into making something because you're basically just like eh. yeah totally and like the for certain projects too it's like the amount of hours that you sink into it like you can't really there's like Recoup, no recouping yeah. that <laughs> yeah. um, there i have three paintings right now that I, like i was learning how to paint with you know how to tape off and use like gel mediums and whatnot to make everything work and it took me so long i was like i'm never gonna be able to say sell these and then now i finally mastered the skills and all the new ones are taking like so much less time totally but yeah I, that that is that sense of like like it's almost impossible to separate that like it always kind of lingers on the t- uh, on the back of your mind even if you're just making conceptual stuff that you don't ever plan on selling you're like oh, the hours <laughs> totally all those research hours yeah, yeah yeah research and i love that like we can use that word again because there was a period <laughs> where it was like only certain people of certain stature <laughs> can be considered to do research. research. Do research. Yeah, yeah. You're not doing research, Googling. <laughs> like, yeah, what the fuck you think that research is? <laughs> like, like, like academics do don't you use, use a Google. different search engine? <laughs> <laughs> you got to use DuckDuckGo, <laughs> which is also a fucking scam. <laughs> I didn't realize that. That's well, they sold out. They 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 flicked on something. I forget what exactly it was, but it was the, the whole community of people that were into DuckDuckGo were like, ah. This is not good. Oh man, I think it was like I forget what it was. Uh, anyway, but yeah, and then okay, so then so I was gonna yeah maybe mention some other yeah, inspirations. Yeah. Was like uh, there's a guy Howard Finster who is also like 
outside artist and like it's, I, I feel like a common theme that I hear is like there is like like religious undertones or like exploration of like common things that we all go through but like maybe in a way that is a little more like it's like central to the work so there are certain outside artists that like religiosity is like a huge part of like their thing and Howard Finster I think his main or like what most people have seen is he did like a Talking Heads cover album which so, one what album I can't remember off the top of my head but it's like it's like a spaceship okay like a very kind of folk art looking spaceship and he's maybe more of like like folk art and outsider art kind of have like a an overlap as well where what's folk art how would you define that I think like it's a little bit fuzzy for me like what would distinguish the two this is all outside of my yeah like, both, totally. both of these are outside of my so you are the expert here and I'm, <laughs> and I'm very comfortable being the dummy I mean <laughs> yeah being an expert is like my least comfortable space but from what I know oh, so about I made being you a folk art <laughs> <laughs> my, my plan back <laughs> um but like i would say from my knowledge of folk art it's kind of like similar to outsider art but it may have like a bit of a like uh like an americana kind of like this is something that like uh exists in the west and is like something that like uh may kind of like speak to like i don't know like kind of like industriousness of just someone kind of like building something or making something and kind of just like artisan uh artisanal fa fascination kind of thing yeah but maybe like instead of going like like i think with an artisan maybe in like where the folk art kind of comes in a little more heavily is like there's definitely like folk art that's like super craft oriented mm -hmm. and then like I think of like woodworkers and yeah, yeah. certain examples of that. But then for there's also like a sect of like people who have been called folk artists that like instead of embracing like the super specifics of like wood joinery and like how things like like work together without fasteners, they kind of just take like the more like lowest common denominator of like I bought all this stuff from the dollar store and like I can make this type of thing from it and I'm going to mm -hmm. like kind of like paint everything in my house and so kind of like a more of a like everything around me is art kind of and like kind of like painting like their whole house and like gluing things to it and like that kind of becoming oh, okay. like a like a like or like cars that project. have bottle cha uh, bottle caps on it. Okay, Absolutely. Now, now I'm getting totally. now I'm getting the full card of it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So like something that you know, yeah, might not ever see a museum, but like yeah. if you walk across it, you're like, that's fucking cool. Like someone spent like I don't know, like a couple of years like collecting Drinking bottle caps, <laughs> totally. Yeah, <laughs> like gluing them individually in like a cool pattern on their car or whatever they ended up doing. Yeah. That's cool, man. I mean, I'm into I'm into that stuff. I just I, it's I don't know how I would feel if someone called my work outsider, though. <laughs> yeah, it's I think such that's, a weird term. That's definitely. Do you think fair. people like? Is it something that people claim? From my understanding, I feel like it's more. Impulsive. Like I don't know anyone who like claims it yeah. as like who's like a practicing artist. I feel like it's something who that like 
history looks back on or like a someone who's writing like a bio piece on someone might look at their work mm. and say like this person is an outsider art and maybe that you know maybe there's something that yeah is like not super conducive to like like that does kind of like draw this binary of like insider outsider like well yeah of, it's like it's, it i mean feels a little othering but yeah i or like it almost seems a little bit condescending a little bit like like yeah. uh because i mean in terms of the things that we've listed so far self-taught like there's a lot of artists that are self-taught that like aren't outsider artists <laughs> so it's a weird uh it's it just seems like a a strange thing I mean, I'm I'm into it. I like I def like I don't know. I, it would be interesting for me to hear, because Daniel Johnston, John Johnstone is not like that. Like his music is not that unmusical or that you know. So it's weird to me that he is called that, you know. And but maybe that has more to do with like the mental health stuff that he's been known for. Yeah, I think, and I think what's interesting is like, like there's tons of musicians who made like. Like there's so many musicians who are really important in our like cultural understanding of what like pop music and modern music is today that like are, love Daniel Johnston. Yeah, it yeah. was like a influence on like Kurt Cobain and stuff. And like, uh, so I I don't know like what's up with Damn, the like distinguished for long enough for Kurt Cobain to be. I mean, I know it makes sense because he passed away recently, right? Yeah, totally. So, um, but I didn't, I never felt like he was that old, you know? Yeah. He, he must've been grinding at it for so long. I think so. And I mean, I think he like also was just making music since he was like a teenager. Yeah. Like he just kind of like fell into it and like, you know, in the same way that like, like was just kind of possessed to do it. Um, and I remember the like the one of my favorite tracks of his is that speeding motorcycle, which is like mm. you know one of the most popular ones. I'm not like <laughs> I'm not hitting the deep cuts, but the the one we did with Yola Tengo on the radio, where where they're like where he's like, hey Daniel, say hi to the band, <laughs> and he's like hi band, and there's like an innocence to it, like he's not like there's there's a lack of like grandiosity to the way that he did that, like you know he's just singing along with his group, you know with Yola Tengo, he's not like. <laughs> he's not nervous or anything he's just like yeah you know <laughs> casual. totally i'm just doing yeah. my thing yeah, yeah yeah and then the wesley willis stuff was great too i yeah i, I but then I, I i also kind of felt like uh howard stern was making fun of him a little bit yeah i i like i get howard that impression stern with so like fucking mean <laughs> if you look back yeah the whack pack bro <laughs> i don't know i didn't see that much of his stuff but uh, yeah there's definitely like like aspects where I think that happens to you know, unfortunately like yeah there's like people with disabilities who get taken Take advantage, advantage of and yeah. yeah it's really like uh like the dark side of kind of when like it's cool to see people get their shine and their talent like be exposed but then yeah like th there's also just a yeah, it, it thin like line were, where it's hard to hard to tell where. Bit, you know? Yeah, I don't remember like seeing him on the Howard Stern show that much, but I actually got to see Daniel Johnston in in Denver. Mm. Uh, for I don't, it wasn't his last tour or anything, but it was like 
it was probably in like 2008 or nine before I moved out here. And it was, it was like a complicated, like it was complicated seeing the show for me. Cause like there was people in the audience who like didn't know he, who he was uh, and like were kind of like laughing at him. Uh, and it was like, yeah, it was just really sad. Cause it, yeah, he, he just seemed like, yeah like he kind of had to do this show and like was kind of uncomfortable by these people just like yeah kind of reckon the like the energy of of the making a like a fun safe place to play a show yeah yeah that's crazy i must be weird to i don't know like i mean i really don't know enough about him anyway let's uh so any other any other people that you want to point out in the visual art Cause it like I don't want to talk about just the ones that I know. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I thought it was just kind of an interesting thing to explore as kind of like, yeah, what kind of maybe got me in interested in making art and kind of like you were saying earlier, like there's something that's always felt a little like off to me that like like people are deemed one thing or another and like like it just kind of always attracted me as like, oh, this person is like kind of like painted as like they are outside of the thing but i like their shit like way more than other stuff that i've yeah, seen yeah, in yeah. like like classical museums like it always just felt like a little bit more like okay like that's fine if people want to call that outsider and this insider but like i'm just kind You've of drawn into that interested yeah. in like that that scene and that that kind of like yeah rawness i wonder if it separates itself somehow from like the broader art dialogue too right where if it doesn't fit like if it doesn't fit into what's happening in the contemporary sense but it's not necessarily derivative of something else maybe people can't really put a finger on what it is you know so it's not there's probably some truth to that yeah Yeah. um because i think like uh, probably one of the more famous examples is like henry darger Okay. Have you heard of him? No, I mean, I literally am out of my element. Yeah, yeah. He, so, <laughs> Which is where I like to be. <laughs> totally. And he was like, kind of like, he kind of has this mythology and who knows how like true it or not it is, but like he kind of just worked as a janitor and then passed away. And then like this whole huge body of work was like discovered in his apartment. And oh, wow. he has That's like a, a kind of like a crazy mythology and like a whole world that he's built. And like, there could be some truth to like kind of what you're saying about like, just because he operated almost like completely insulated and was kind yeah. of just like not very concerned about having a dialogue with artist community or you know yeah. what the contemporary scene so maybe that just kind of yeah puts puts it's easier to categorize that way do you think that these people identify as artists like the 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 like the guy from Watts Tower I forget it you told me his name uh Simon Rodia yeah do you think that they identify like I mean, I, I would imagine that no one identifies as a um, as an outsider artist, right? Because who the fuck wants to be labeled that? <laughs> Unless you get like something from it, you know, which which is also reasonable too. But I just feel like it's interesting to think of like maybe these people like do they think that they're making art? Like, is it is the intention, or do they think that they're making something else, or they're just compelled to make and they don't know? They don't, you know what, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's such a good question. Yeah. Cause I really think like, especially doing the show, uh, since I've been doing it for like five years now, it, I have my ideas of what makes an artist. And I don't think that they're necessarily would be like something that academically would be necessarily 
Like I would say, if you are if you are somebody that has a day job and you make art and you're happy, like you're an artist. I don't care, <laughs> you know. Totally. But it but it looks like but it sounds like there's like always the possibility. Like it's fraught. Like you could maybe, <laughs> like, well, this person's intention wasn't behind it. So. <laughs> <laughs> they like didn't, they didn't have a thesis about it. Yeah, yeah or yeah, they yeah. didn't get the broader their broad their the broader context in which their work fits in. I'm like, I don't fucking get that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's. To a certain degree, like that's not the artist's job, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. To contextualize everything. Yeah. So what do you what are you drawn to? You have a very specific aesthetic currently. I don't know if this is how you've always painted, but like yeah, yeah. it's been a definitely a progression to get here for sure. Mm. But it's like a lot of textury stuff, and then sometimes we got flat stuff. Yeah. Uh, what are you painting with? All acrylic. All acrylic. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then. For the more textured stuff, I've been using like a lot of mediums mixed in, okay. and uh, so like thickening mediums and stuff, mm, like yeah. thickening gel mediums or matte mediums. And, and they dry faster. Uh, they dry slower just because they they're slower. so thick. So what do you but do? Like you just hit them with heat, or sometimes, or what I've done for a lot of these is I like pipe them with like icing bags, oh, and then that makes sense. I like I totally I'll do it that. onto like a sheet of glass. And then the glass can just like dry. Like I have a big drying rack out here. And so it just kind of like hangs out if it's nice and sunny out. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so that that'll just kind of like, that's great about living in Southern California is like there's so many sunny days where yeah. I don't really have to worry about drying. But there has been times where like if I'm on kind of a bit of a rush, I will do like the hair dryer, just kind of like baking it move. But mm. that's pretty rare. So, but I'm seeing a lot of. I can see the interest. I mean, not that I'm. I'm not calling your stuff outsider art, but I can see, like it's. Um, I can see the like. It makes sense that you would be into that based on based on some of the the choices that you you make. What are, what is your conceptual interest, conceit, or whatever? Mm, I mean, yeah. For me, it's kind of like. Are you that... working with motifs or? specific motifs a little bit but for that stuff i like don't get i don't have like a super drawn out like like this is kind of what i'm making work about i think for me what often ends up happening is like i i'm kind of exploring my subconscious and so mm. i'm always kind of doodling i have like a kind of sketchbook that i'll bring with me places and kind of how i initially started drawing was being bored in high school and mm -hmm. doodling yeah, yeah, yeah. in the in the margins so that was kind of like uh back when i tried to draw like a graffiti artist <laughs> yeah, dude you should see my hand i my love school. that yeah <laughs> it's all like <laughs> I, giant it, letters yeah. No, it's all like, it's all, you know, graffiti ripped off letters. I didn't even really draw, uh, write graffiti, but like i'm dyslexic, so what i at one point i just started to think of like, well just draw the letters instead of like thinking of the letters, which slowed me the fuck down. And then now my chicken scratch is horrendous because it's like, <laughs> it's got like remnants of those things, but I just do it fast. <laughs> so <laughs> that's so funny. I was doing the type A instead of the A that like, you right. know, the, the one that has the little hat over, uh -huh. the, the kind of Papa Smurf totally. hat. Yeah. That, those were the, but, but yeah, I, I totally relate to that. So then like, what kind of stuff were you drawing back then? Oh man, I don't even remember like what what was kind of in my high school sketchbooks. I think sometimes it was just like like letters or like kind of taking like the the cap like whatever was 
we were writing in class and kind of like going for it. But a lot of times I think I was just filling the margins and like mm. kind of letting like just drawing shapes by just kind of like letting the pen or pencil just go as I was like mm -hmm. zoning out, listening to the teacher more or less, just yeah. kind of as a way to, to like, uh, not fall asleep essentially. Yeah. So you wouldn't call flowers a motif? I mean, I think nature is definitely a motif in what I'm working through. And that's probably like nature and like, I think there's parts of my subconscious that I'm exploring that have to do with like sexuality and like, yeah, that type of like well, part wait, of myself. Let's, let's get into the juicy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what like, uh, so those flowers, are they like Georgia O'Keeffe flowers? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's up for you to decide. <laughs> you no. tell me, are those Georgia O'Keeffe flowers? Yeah, well, I mean, they don't look bad. <laughs> <laughs> they look uh innocent and quirky they actually this guy looks like a or this flower looks like an outsider artist <laughs> i could see that <laughs> like maybe just, that's what i'm into just out and vulnerable you know like exposed and like maybe not as refined as people would want <laughs> their artists to be totally <laughs> so that but then um so, okay, so then, like, what, actually, yeah, I do want to know about the sexuality. Like, I mean, because I could definitely see it being in here. There's also some chaos, right, in some of this work. Some yeah. of it is a little bit more more uh, pared down. But I definitely, like, I mean, right behind us, we've got a couple that are. Yeah, I'm definitely, like, I made some work kind of as I was stuck, like, a handful of years ago that was, like, pretty simple just to kind of, like, get that out of my system. but. I would say these days I'm more of a like maximalist, like just yeah, there's, just tuck everything with information as much as possible. There's, I mean, there's negative space, but there's not like solid blo blo uh, blocks of negative space unless we're dealing with like these smaller ones. Totally. But uh, so then you still haven't answered the sexuality question. I mean, <laughs> it's a little bit of an open-ended, like I, I, I don't really like necessarily want to like put be too pragmatic about like this is that or this uh -huh. is this but i think for me well coming to my artistry and like being an artist and like making work is like a very real way to process feelings and to explore like softness mm. and as someone who is like socialized as a male in like a masculine world it's been like a a very like safe harbor to just be like a just a human yeah just yeah. experiencing life and you know being a little bit more gentle which is yeah kind well, of the I gentle mean, trend aspect of it yeah yeah, yeah you definitely i from your instagram i was like oh this guy is gentle trend <laughs> <laughs> but like okay so then uh i mean yeah it, it i would say that it is still even despite like i wouldn't it would it would be a toss up if a woman or man made this work. You know what I mean? Like it's not like which I've been told that my work is very masculine. Mm. <laughs> and so, uh, like in fact, I was in a class one time and they were talking about that and they were like they were like whose work in this room is the most masculine? And I had these big thick lines in my drawings <laughs> and everybody just looked at me. <laughs> 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 Which is funny to me because now there's this whole culture about like masculinity, you know, like the whole red pill community. And I'm like, I've never had a problem with my masculinity. <laughs> I've never been like, 
I need to explore this. You know, mm-hmm. like it just is. So I, but, but so then are you, um, where are you like, do you, you identify as a man or? Yeah. 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 So, I'm definitely, I definitely at this stage in my life identify as a cis man. Okay. Yeah. So, but, yeah. yeah. So no one wants to hear about that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it, I, th- I still think it's an interesting, I don't think that it is about exploring masculinity, just to be clear. But I just do think it's interesting that now there is a push for that, right? Like, mm. like in, in pop culture and in culture wars, it's crazy. You know, I have a friend artist that like talks a lot about it. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, and he's a great guy. But like, I'm like, oh man, I don't, you know, like this doesn't resonate with me. Hmm. I've never been like, yeah, my masculinity is like an inherent in my identity. Do, have you ever felt like that? Like it's like a core part of who I am, or that's like something you even have to really explore. I thought I I just take it for granted. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it might be, I think it's a generational thing too. I'm not. I I'm could not see ba- that. I'm yeah, not yeah. bashing the the people that are obsessed with it. I think that like. I came from a culture where it was like Arnold Schwarzenegger and all of that. So I was never like, you know, but I think that now there is sort of like, like it is a little bit taboo to be a boy in some ways, which is where I come from, which that comes mm. from. Not that I feel that way, but I feel like maybe people feel that way, mm. you know, like people that are talking about that stuff. Gotcha. Which I think is, so I'm not like, I don't think they're like red pillars in the Andrew Tate way, but <laughs> but, but there are people that are like, yeah, what does it mean to be a man? You know, which I think is valid, but I'm I'm not like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I think that that is more of a newer thing that's coming up. You know, that people have. Did you say now you identify as a cis man? Did you ever fluctuate with that or? No, no, yeah. yeah. But uh, I mean, I guess it, it's leaving space for like I don't know. We all have a long life, and yeah. Oh, okay. So f- in the future, you might. <laughs> Yeah, could you're open be. to the possibility. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, my sibling is uh, has always identified as uh, lesbian, and now she just recently, or they just recently, came out as a non-binary. And I was like, yeah, that shit really makes sense. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's like it was never, it wasn't a hard one to me for me to be like, you know what? Nah, you're a lesbian. <laughs> yeah, I think that makes. I mean, especially if you know the person really well, like one of my friends came out as non-binary like i guess like a year and a half or two years ago and it was just yeah. like that there was like of course yeah, yeah. totally what well, didn't exist when i was a kid you know oh. so it, like i mean it, when i was a kid everybody was just afraid of being the f word you know like because everybody was using that word and calling each other that mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so so yeah that that is a crazy thing it it's it's an interesting like i i do find you know I find it interesting how that stuff shows up in artwork. You know, mm. like for example, like I don't think I can make feminine work. You know, like I I just it's not something that is really something, you know, but you you play a little bit with like the floral stuff and stuff. So I I get what you're saying where it's like you leave it open for for that. Yeah, and I I think like for me an interesting thing is that like outside of like the biological or like how we are culturally describing gender there's kind of like that idea of uh young's psychology of like we both innately have anima and animus which are like female and and male kind of like yeah 
within us like we're all kind of like a cocktail of everything and yeah yeah i think for me that has always just kind of felt like pretty clear and like mm -hmm. something that like you know as an adult i enjoy but like coming from a small town was like something that was like yeah people yeah. are throwing around the f word like pretty generously in like a, <laughs> in a not a cool way helping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. so yeah it was something that you know yeah was maybe a little bit more well like, that's what sheltered or like not really mixing it up with those crowds as a young person yeah 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 no and and like yeah i mean i you know what it it has always been weird to be a guy i just think that um it was our world when we were younger <laughs> and now it's a shared world so now i'm so i kind of i'm starting to, i'm trying to think about like why people are that interested in this stuff you know but like in it there's a whole industry about it which is crazy to me you know of like just being men yeah at least i mean i feel like for for the states yeah bud light is a very american brand yeah, yeah. yeah. um I i'm forgetting what it was there was an alcohol company and i can't remember which one it was but they released like a like a very beautiful like trans friendly ad overseas mm -hmm. and yeah that was like it was like this like the narrative was like this like kind of like grandpa wanting to like make his like trans grandchild feel comfortable so it's like practicing putting on makeup and it was like very like mm -hmm. heartfelt and sweet and it seemed like and there got, was no did, issues did like, he get a backlash or no no i think people oh. received it very warmly yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which no, is i, I think I, I, yeah, just yeah. maybe more more speaks to like like volatility in the states versus yeah people being a little more I'm trying to think about homophobia outside of the states. I mean, not that this is the, our topic that we should be talking about as two straight cis men. <laughs> we should maybe veer from it, but yeah, I, I mean, I, w I wonder, I wonder what, like, because trans is like a really old thing, you know, like trans is, trans people have existed like since forever. And one of the things that's interesting is in, um, in the Philippines, like they kind of diffuse. And like uh, the, I've heard this from from a podcast, so that the validity of this is is up to you. But uh, apparently, like in the uh, karaoke bars, they'll like hire trans uh, uh, bouncers because when they confront the men that are maybe getting a little wild, it's less emasculating because you you know, like it's not like uh, two dudes bumping chests; it's a woman and a man, like a woman calming a man down interesting so so it's i it really is an interesting thing how it's become a thing in this country you know totally but, just like an yeah yeah but we could change the subject <laughs> um but you you grew up outside of the states right yeah that's why i was trying to figure out like what how i mean there's there, like there's bad words for for gay people over there that i do i'm not gonna there's several <laughs> mm. i'm not gonna repeat them but yeah and i and we we got called that all the time i don't know how progressive um with homosexuality and and all of that stuff, Italy is, but I I just also haven't been there in forever, you know, because this is like a new thing that's kind of globally becoming a conversation piece, right? Which is fine because like we've we've made progress on some of the gay stuff, on some of the gay rights, and like we keep going. <laughs> we, we don't sit on our, our laurels, <laughs> but yeah, well, cool, man. So then, um. 
Colorado nature. You are yeah. a little granola. A little bit, yeah, no doubt. I mean, <laughs> gentle trip. Yeah, LA, LA has maybe brought it out more for me too. Really? I don't know. In certain ways, like I guess depends on how we're using granola. But like, I feel like granola and hippie are kind of yeah. yeah. So like, you you similar. identify as a hippie? Not really, but okay. like I think there there are certain like parts of like southern california that lend itself to that like this space is a co-op oh um, really? so like yeah there's elements of like, communal living mm -hmm, yeah that like i don't know do you have definitely have overlap tendencies? uh yeah certainly for sure okay um but anarchist uh to a degree okay I'll yeah like i'm yeah definitely like not the most politically educated yeah but you're also terms. not offended by the shit that i post so, yeah. <laughs> so that's a good indication <laughs> um but yeah i think like in general like there are like things like collective living that kind of like uh would fall under like the hippie umbrella to your yeah. average person that like i wouldn't really identify as a hippie but maybe an outsider would say like oh you live in a co-op yeah, that's yeah. a hippie thing what do you mean by co-op so that you guys are is there like farmland here that you guys no it's just like uh shared housing and that like everything is kind of like uh so there's discussed. a shared bathroom mm -hmm. yeah okay. so how many people this space when i was living here was 11 oh okay so it, it is like okay and then uh shared bathroom and uh but like there's no like it's it's a living arrangement. It's not also a compound where you have like guns. No, or... there's not like a political manifesto or no, anything. It's like more of a You're not the leader. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> there is no leader. You yeah, have yeah. the charisma for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's very kind. I'm like I'm kinda trying to sign up. <laughs> no, it's like uh what's yeah, the idea behind it is kind of like non hierarchical. So okay. everything has to be made like all the decisions have to be made via consensus which, and what kind of decisions are we talking about like like who's gonna cook tonight or a lot of that stuff is kind of streamlined so okay. there was like there was a cooking schedule but like it's kind of like uh like just a few nights a week um and then you kind of just like rotate through that but like if you want to let's say like uh for instance like building this space mm -hmm. i kind of had to like like run that through everyone and like wait you build this shack i did yeah yeah, yeah. like from the ground up or mm -hmm. you filled in the inside no from the ground up like this wasn't here oh like, wow dude five years ago look at you fucking milking it. <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ um, wow that's really impressive uh, yeah so like it looks like, like it's bigger bigger projects like uh you kind of have to like get everyone to sign off and bring it up as a discussion or do you even have to share this space now or no no uh -uh. so you have your own private studio in a collective yeah. nicely done sir thank you i think you are the leader of the cult. <laughs> <laughs> i think we're gonna have the D dea kind of come in here just like kick down the already open doors <laughs> do you know what i'm referencing wait no. oh god <laughs> you look like the kind of guy that would burn his whole following <laughs> Sorry, sorry, that was harsh. <laughs> no, you, you, I'm, I'm kidding. You never. That's really impressive, man. So then, what do you, you also? So aside from painting, you have some serious carpentry skills. Like, I mean, where, not really. So this was the, this is the only carpentry I'd done outside of like. There's a 
a space behind this where we had put up some walls, which was like very simple studs. But the only stuff I had built before this was like panels to paint on. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, and yeah, shout outs. I mean, you, you know YouTube. I just watched a ton of shitload of YouTube videos and just really? figured it out. Yeah. Damn, yo, that's fucking crazy. I'm really impressed. I did not uh, see that coming. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to like bury the lead or anything. No, but, no. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty pretty good. The, then, uh, okay. And then lastly, you were kind of talking about what you're doing next. It doesn't sound like you're abandoning your art practice. No, yeah. So I was kind of telling you before we started rolling that I am in school again and I'm like, pivoting to get a nursing degree mm-hmm. um but uh it was kind of like a, a decision i was weighing out for a while and i i definitely appreciate kind of some of the stuff you go through on the podcast where it's like you know working class and like the oh, way you yeah, mentioned yeah. earlier where it's just like yeah like you can it's very most artists work in a, like a job and then make their work and yeah. i think it's very and we're not outsiders mother <laughs> and it's yeah it's like a very grounding thing to kind of like think about and for me i've just always worked jobs and so it was just kind of like a decision where i was like well i'm probably going to end up working in some real field anyways so i might as well kind of like yeah. take some time and and get into a field that has like a little more job security because I kind of yeah I was kind of bouncing around the past couple of years where yeah don't get a job coding anymore okay <laughs> good to know because <laughs> they're all they're all getting laid off oh, dude it's crazy uh yeah no I um but I I think that sorry did you have something you want to oh say? no it just yeah it's kind of aligns with stuff I'm interested in and yeah like you yeah, seem like I'm, a caring person like you yeah like to give people I think care. totally I'm like very social and yeah like working with something that's like although like you know healthcare system is tough but like they're giving people care is something that i'm like interested in doing and yeah that's like kind of i've worked jobs before like when i taught english abroad it was like kind of the definition of like the perfect job for like a 23 year old where like it doesn't really matter whether you're there or not mm-hmm. uh and, and someone else could be <laughs> someone else very could easily be or like yeah. Yeah, I was kind of like administering like a lot of tests and stuff. And so uh, that kind of like, I was like not 22 when I was doing that. I was like 29. So my existential crisis just like started like firing through the roof. So I'm someone who like kind of needs to like, if I'm working and spending a lot of time doing something, it kind of needs to align with me in some way, shape or form. Well, it's actually kind of brilliant because you guys have like nurses have like two weeks on, two weeks off, or something like that, right? Or they're two days on. I, Depends. I yeah, yeah. Uh, so my you, family members that like are in the the field, it's like three on, four off. Three days on, mm-hmm. but yeah. it doesn't have to be back to back. But yeah. that that I mean, that's like, I mean, I know the shifts are tough, like because yeah. those three ons are not like and they're eight like hour shifts. They're like twelve hours. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, like twelve hours. Yeah. You know, so it's pretty draining, but. It sounds like you have uh, a decent amount of time to paint still, or you will. Once yeah, you, that'll be once the goal. Once you get through nursing school, exactly. it might slow right down now, a little bit. Right now, yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit of a, a snail's pace, but just keeping, keeping Wait, things so flowing. Wait, so you're in school now? I'm in school now. But you're I'm taking doing some shows? science classes. Yeah, I mean, I, I have some like work made and ready to go, so that's nice, and that's like uh, something that was kind of an unexpected thing in this season where I was like, I've just mm-hmm. been kind of like the last six months just making works on paper and kind of trying to keep keep staying creative. But science classes are, they're hard. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I didn't, the last science class I was in was in high school. So school is the, like the, the learning curve for sure. The highest stakes fake thing that ever happens in your life. <laughs> yeah. What's funny too is like being an adult student, like you just, at least for me, I have way less patience for the like fakeness of it. And yeah. so it's just like, this makes no sense that I just spent eight hours studying this thing that I didn't, yeah, have to necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I think that I think that that's actually like it, it, in terms of uh, documenting different ways that people make a living and still make art. I think that that is actually a pretty good one. You know, you're not going to be poor. You're going to be out of this <laughs> living situation. You're going to leave the I'm working start class. A whole different commune. Yeah, no, you're going to leave the working class, and then you're going to have class solidarity with all the rich people. <laughs> And gonna that's like, gonna be really hard to achieve for me <laughs> no yeah there was a moment uh, i i recently uh as i was looking for work i uh i became i was i didn't fall victim to the scam but i believed it just until the moment because i was like I also don't want to tell them to fuck off just until the moment they started to ask me for things that i'm like okay you, this is a scam <laughs> you know but um but yeah, like there was a moment where I thought I was going to be making like upper middle, upper middle class money. And I was like, fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Drop that class solidarity like it's hot. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> damn. Oh, that's how this works. <laughs> that's how capitalism works. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> well, cool, man. Anything that, uh, that you want to say that we haven't gotten to yet or, or. No. Yeah. That feels cool. like a pretty good. Yeah. yeah cool anything that we can promote for you i it's mostly just because of the like i don't know how yeah, much longer the, i can make people listen to definitely <laughs> definitely but the, we're homies we'll hang out I'm, yeah I'll, I'll like uh you should hit up the, the, the our next opening is probably not this weekend not the next weekend but the weekend after anyway keep a keep an eye out i'll definitely be there you should come out you're you are Certainly. welcome to hang out yeah and i'll introduce you to whoever is there because <laughs> definitely yeah, we don't always make it out which is like fine that's why there's so many of us but yeah, anybody that you haven't met, I think you've met Amanda and Sarah probably, right? Because mm -hmm. they're the curators for the open call. And yeah, there's like six of us other than that, I think, that are living in Miami. Everybody else is uh, either in New York or somewhere else, Seattle. Someone's in Oakland, I think. I don't know where Danny Trejo is, but uh, mm -hmm. not the actor. Okay. <laughs> um, I always forget, like I say his name and then I'm like, Oh, people don't know who I'm talking about. <laughs> They're picturing Machete. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man. Well, uh, you're gentle at Gentle Trent on Instagram. Totally at Gentle Trent on Instagram. Website. Yeah, gentletrend.com. Gentle Trent. That is your. That is a good branding. I would. Thank I would you. not yeah, abandon yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after having met you. Yeah, like I. I. Uh, you, you used to have not blonde hair, right? Yeah, yeah I yeah. had brown hair. Yeah, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. And then back then, like. Now you there's a little bit more of an edge to you <laughs> with the blonde hair. You got a Coke, Kurt Cobain vibe. <laughs> Great. Yeah, <laughs> but the, back then you like, but with the brown hair, you looked really gentle. That's <laughs> uh, hilarious. Uh, I hope that it's not offensive. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Okay. Well, uh, thank you so much for doing the show, man. It's Absolutely. Been a pleasure. Thanks for Congratulations having me. Congratulations on uh, on getting into the show. Yeah. Uh, even though pleasure. I was not part of the selection <laughs> process, I was still happy that you made it in because I've been Appreciate aware of that. your stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, we'll be back next week with another guest and another topic that may or may not be art related. Thank you for much. Thank you so much for watching. <laughs> awesome. Cool, man. Appreciate that.